Hello, and welcome back to Target Here. Uh, today, we are with Assistant Director of Recreation, noted Philadelphia sports fan, and Master Chef Ben Johnson. Uh, welcome, Ben. Hey, good morning, John. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. Uh, but first off, uh, how long have you been with Little Parks and Recreation? Oh, nine years now. So nine whole years. I'm getting old. <laughs> I've got some of that downstairs too. So it's uh, it's it's it, uh, maybe maybe it's just being part of parks that makes you great. I don't know. Um, so uh, you guys have had a lot of challenges this year, obviously with COVID. Um, we just opened the centers back up at the end of March. How's that been going so far? Um, it's been going a little bit slow, which isn't the worst thing. What I what I wish that we had a little bit more activity, absolutely. But who you know, we still don't know what we're facing, and people are still uh, getting used to it. Um, the NTI is still non-traditional for us as well as for the students, so it's a little more difficult than it normally would be to even gauge when kids, young people, should be in the center. Uh, we have some that have been really at capacity, uh, again, obviously reduced capacities because of COVID, and others that have been a little slower to um, for our young people to come back. I would imagine that staff uh, in the in the basically the, it was a year, I believe. Almost a year uh, that yeah. they've been closed. A year and two weeks. Um, was staff excited to get back into the centers and start seeing those faces again? Oh yeah, very much so. You know, you you miss your kids. Uh, you miss the programming. You know, if you're in recreation, you're sort of a, a hands-on, engaged kind of personality. So it was tough, uh, particularly with some of the other challenges that we've seen and heard going on in the community. And then also, we still live your life. So. Some of the young people that you would normally program to and with, you still see. Um, but obviously, you don't see them at work. You're not getting to interact with them. You're not getting to take them on field trips, things of that nature. So, yeah, it was it was tough, and everybody was definitely excited to come back. So I know that uh, you know they they the staff that were at the centers were not sitting idle. There were a lot of improvement. They you had a lot of uh, staff members that helped out with maintenance and operations, and there was also a. a a painting project where a lot of people will see when they go back to the centers that a lot of them look, look a lot different than they did before. And in all cases, they, they have improved. It's, it's almost like they're walking into a brand new center. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what staff was doing uh, during the year uh, that we were shut down? Yeah, that was your, your proverbial uh, making lemonade out of lemons. So we were closed, like you said, literally just over a year. Last year, we, we shut down to programming on March 13th, and we reopened to the public on March 29th, so actually 54 weeks. Um, no one had any idea we'd be closed that long, so I initially just started a project where we were gonna do some stencils out front just to sort of brighten up the sidewalks and what have you. And then obviously as time wore on, those projects became a lot more um, extensive and fun for the staff, so it, it was exciting. Uh, we did some painting inside. We did some painting outside. I'm looking at the flowers over your right shoulder. We have a lot of those colors on the building and on the ground. And, you know, in some extent, it could look kind of garish, but these are community centers for kids. And I want people who normally attend to be excited and, and, and see those bright colors. But then we also got to recognize that people are new to the neighborhoods and the communities. We at least want them to ride by and say, oh, I wonder, I wonder what that is, and at least see some bright colors and then maybe draw even more participants. And most importantly, 
what we don't want to be is an eyesore. You don't want the community center. You don't want the government building to be the worst looking thing in the community or to just be some other bland thing that blends in. So, you know, we hope as people come back that they'll appreciate it. Um, again, the staff was excited. Even that time period we were closed, we were definitely, uh, we were lucky enough, if you will, not to have to furlough anybody, but also um, have staff that were busy. It's not like, oh, they were just sitting around not being furloughed. Uh, we, the entire department has been challenged with staffing. So we had staff working in forestry. We had staff working in operations. We had staff working in maintenance. Um, and then we also had our supervisors doing quite a bit um, in partnership, assisting the health department with some COVID-related projects. So, you know, again, lemonades out of lemon, and it was good to be a part of some some uh, some serious programming and some serious projects that were still taking place. Looking ahead, um, obviously, the the folks that are entering the centers now, that I, I believe you're doing temperature checks on people that come yeah. in and making them register, correct? How is programming going to look differently um, post-COVID than it did prior? Um, I know that many, in many cases, these centers are the hubs of the community uh, in which they lie in, and there's uh, exercise classes. People show up there to do basketball, maybe do some homework if you're a kid, uh, play some video games. Um, what's different now than, than, um, than what was before? Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's different for us. But oddly enough, sadly enough, it's not very different than what we've become used to as a society over the past year. So masks are required and we're definitely doing temperature checks as they come in. And again, young people are, you know, everybody's sort of used to it now. Uh, so we're just continuing with what's already going on in society. Um, I hate a quiet community center. But now, obviously, for the safety of everyone, participants, staff, public, households, we have capacity limitations that we have to abide by. That's tough. Again, I have had a couple of centers who literally have had to turn away young people. Um, we're programming differently in that, you know, we're not allowed at the moment, and I'm hoping it changes soon, to just run open court or have you know, kids just playing basketball and playing defense and whatever. Right now, you should be doing sort of individual drills and sort of shooting and kind of hanging out. But just, you know, a good old-fashioned pickup game still is are not allowed yet. And then, like I said, I'm hoping that changes, you know, pretty soon. So, you know, those are the challenges that we have. But what we're trying to do to mitigate some of that is have partners operate programs and then there's been some events that have taken place but every single event or program has to fill out basically what we call a COVID approval form and we want to know what they're doing how they're doing it what are they cleaning protocols how many people are they expecting um they, those all come to me to get reviewed get approved and sent back so we're trying to do as much as we can but we still have to do it in a responsible manner I know uh, what is what is our current number on centers right now? I believe we have um, maybe 17 or 18 places we designate as centers. Um, you were you were over the community centers. Um, which ones are closed right now? I know um, there's some concern about exposing the senior population still to COVID. So Wilson yeah. Road is not open right now. Correct. Um, uh, what are what about those, that second phase of reopenings? Where do you think we are at with those? Yeah, so that's a that's a tough you know, tough decisions that have to be made, but you know, that's the, that's the nature of the job. 13 other community centers report to me. Um, 
and the community demographics, the programming demographics of each are very, very different. Uh, you mentioned Wilderness Road. Wilderness Road is our is the designated as a senior center, and that is currently not open. Um, we're monitoring the situation with the attendance at our other centers. Some of them tend to um, trend older, you know, adults based on again demographics and or amenities programming. Beachmont comes to mind. Uh, they do not have a gym. They also have an art studio, so that that location um, programs to a lot of adults. Um, obviously, Wilderness Road with our air and adaptive population also has the Watson Power Building, um, which the programming is primarily handled by Resilience and Community Service and Nutrition out of that location. That location has not reopened yet. So we're we're trying to sort of follow the, the trends with KIPTA and Resilience. I'm in contact with them as far as seniors. The interesting conflict there or challenge is that the senior population were the first to be vaccinated. So there's something that's saying, well, they will, those are the ones that are vaccinated, so they should be allowed in first. Uh, we are monitoring that on a sort of a daily basis as we try to make those decisions, but um, the decision was made that the young people um, have been affected the most, and obviously those are the, that's the population that we deal with the most. So that's what we want to cater to initially, 18 and under. Um, Douglas Community Center is currently has not reopened because of some staffing challenges. Um, please look online. We have positions available and posted. I'm happy to say Shawnee was had not reopened because of staffing, but we were able to get that one reopened this week, starting on Monday. Um, all of the centers are open from 12 to 9, Monday through Friday, closed from 3.30 to 5.30 for staff lunch and for additional cleaning. Uh, the staff is being diligent about cleaning, uh, you know, throughout the day um, as everyone is, has a, a heightened awareness of the need for that. I know one thing that is also on people's minds is, as I sit here and talk to you, we're towards the end of April. Uh, we're running up towards derby season. Um, we talked a little bit about this offline on summer camps. Um, we're still a little bit up in the air. I know whether or not what we're going to be able to offer, but can you talk about some things that are in play right now? Yeah, you're right. And it's crazy. So um, it is totally up in the air. We have to remain extremely flexible. I'm having to be a little more patient with my staff and my team who basically have sort of a plan A and a plan B, um, either of which we know if, if we're even going to be able to do. Um, but what I have been doing and I'm, I'm actually excited about is been in contact with Evolve 502 and JCPS and we're looking at partnering with them to offer some programming over the summer, literally at every single community center. Uh, we know this NTI has been a challenge for families, for kids, irregardless of race, age, income, academic level. Um, it's just been a, it's, it's been a challenge academically, socially, emotionally. So what we're looking at is offering some programming literally in every community center so that transportation won't be an issue or what have you. And in fact, I'm going on sort of a tour tomorrow with uh, Dr. Davis from Evolve 502 so we can look at five or six community centers, however many we can get to, so we can look at capacity and also look at the um, structure of how the programs would operate. Right now, all of our centers have one, can you rephrase that? The centers that are equipped to have one way in and one way out in terms of their traffic. Again, we're just trying to do as much as we can to, to mitigate some of the factors of, of the transmission. 
So again, we'll be riding around looking at capacity, but also looking at programming space, things of that nature. And ideally, I always try to protect my staff from having to be involved in education. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. That's not what they're trained for. I mean, yeah, we are official and unofficial mentors. You can help a kid occasionally. You can ask them how school is going and try to be a consistent encouragement. Yeah, that's the easy part. But when a young person needs some help, love my team to death. I'm not sure that's who you want to sit down and, you know, work with you on your math project. You know, as a parent, my son's 31. I'm like, man, you need to pay attention in class. I don't, I don't know how they're doing this new math. So I'm kind of <laughs> excited about having Evolve 502 coordinating JCPS and other education professionals to do that aspect of it. And then we can do the recreation aspect, which we are good at, which we are experts at. And then what we're hoping is that that would encourage more of the young people to come to the JCPS part, understanding that it's not just going to be education. It's not going to be just summer school or more classes. There will be a balance. So, you know, we're excited about that. The most important thing is serving the young people and giving them what they need. And I believe some of them actually do need a little more education. Um, and again, it's not tutoring and, and it's not remediation. Right. It's just, you know, it was a tough year and we want to make sure that as many young people can be helped as possible. All right, and, and if, uh, if people want to know what centers are open and closed, they should go to bestparksever.com. We have a graphic there on the main page. People can see, they can make a phone call. Um, again, they have capacity limits, so you may want to check in before you send your child there. Um, let's, let's close with a couple of fun things then. So who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles next year? <laughs> you trying to get you trying you trying to get me to cuss on a on on the public? Nah, it'll be it'll be Jalen Hurts, but you know that's a whole other broadcast. My my frustration with our front <laughs> office leadership. <laughs> well, it's funny because Ben and I have had a few bets over the years because I'm a Bears fan and and he's an Eagles fan. It seems like every time the Bears play the Eagles, the Eagles kick the snot out of him. So I've had to eat some crow over the years. Um, and, 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 and whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, aren't you sort of in arrears on one of them bets? I should be charging. That should be a pretty expensive payoff at this point. Well, you know, COVID hit, and I wasn't able to see you, so that's part of the problem. <laughs> is, is that is that what did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the other thing I wanted to ask you is, um, I, I've seen recently that you're doing some cooking, and you're doing a, you're working on a cooking show. Is that correct? Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, cooking has always been a hobby of mine. I've been cooking since I was probably about 12. So it's it's, um, it's, it's a stress reliever. And ironically, um, I've gotten more into it and more public about it during COVID. I didn't even realize that I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, but I, I can came to Christian church. So and I, I, I was teaching classes and whatever. So my Sundays, I was gone from you know eight in the morning get home about two in the afternoon but with COVID and church being online i was cooking more i was fixing brunches and i just started posting pictures and getting some pretty you know some pretty interesting and positive and fun feedback and then long story short a couple of yeah, months ago a little bit longer than that someone asked me if i was interested in, in doing a cooking show so i'm actually it's going to launch july 2nd I'm taping four 30-minute episodes in a couple of weeks, so that's going to be a very long, busy weekend. Um, wow. But it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, fun and exciting. 
Yeah, you're a natural at that, man. I'm telling you. So let me ask you a, a couple of questions that are food-related then. Um, what is the best way to prepare a steak? <laughs> are you a medium-well guy, rare? How would you eat one? I'm, I'm medium-well. I'm a so medium-well guy. So am I. And a pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No. I agree. See, we're in agreement. That's why Ben and I work so well together, except for <laughs> the Bears uh, the Bears Eagles thing. So anyway, and you know what's funny? I love I love pizza. I make pizza from scratch, homemade doughs, sauces, all of that. But being born and raised in Philadelphia, I literally had Italian next door neighbors. So you yeah. know, Philly is a mom and pop deli food, you know, sandwich town. I never had a chain pizza until I went away to college. <laughs> My family's from Chicago, so they think our pizza, our the fast food pizza is junk too. So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, a deep dish, a deep dish pie is a good. That's good eating. Yeah, well, you know, the the, the more a place like Giordano's in Chicago comes back down towards towards our area in Louisville, the more uh, the more you realize you can really only get the authentic thing in a few places like Philadelphia, Detroit, Chicago. Those places really have good authentic pizza. Um, right. Not that what we have around here is bad, but it's just different if you're if you're if you've had that experience up there. So anyway. Um, well, thanks for joining us, Ben. I really appreciate it. Good talking to you. Um, appreciate the work. Go to bestparksever.com to, to uh, find out more about the community centers, and we will see you this summer. Thanks, Ben. All right. Thank you all.